Well, this morning we'll look at a verse of scripture in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, and uh, title or subject this morning, Love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge. We've talked about the love of God before, which passeth understanding, but this morning we'll try to talk about the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Uh, and you might say, well, why would you study something that's beyond our knowledge to comprehend it? That we might grow a little more, that we might have a little more knowledge, that we might understand a little more. No, it passed our knowledge. There's no way we can understand it. But we, we look at it and that our minds might be refreshed and we might have a little more knowledge, a little more understanding, a little more faith, a little more um, thanksgiving, a little more gratefulness. So Ephesians chapter 3, and it'll be verse 19, but let me start in verse 13. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So as I mentioned, we'll look at verse 19 and try to see what the Lord will allow us to glean from this or cause us to glean from this. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge. Passeth, it's beyond human comprehension. And again, you might say, well, if we, if beyond that, why study it? Well, maybe our level's here. Maybe out here maybe is where we can't go, but maybe another couple steps, another couple thoughts that we can look at the love of Christ. And, uh, so, but as we do this task, that's beyond human comprehension, beyond the, it passeth our knowledge, what words could we use? What adjectives could we use that would describe this love of Christ that's beyond our knowledge and our comprehension? Again, we're not going to get there. We're not going to see the full of it. But if we can grow a little bit in that. How 
can you measure something that's measureless? Again, we'll, we'll try a measurement. It's beyond our comprehension. We can't understand fully. But how do you measure something that's, that's measureless? What I thought that I would look at this morning, or at least a, a way to, to start, and uh, is to measure for us to, to something to compare with his high, his majesty, his high, and try to see how low he went. And that should tell us a lot about his love. No, we're not going to fully comprehend it. But that should tell us something about this love of Christ that passes knowledge. Where he is and where he, where he came to. So to look at his, maybe his, what I'll call his high. And again, our attempt to understand this, will be limited. We'll, we'll, we'll fail. We can't fully comprehend. But maybe, again, if we can grow a little bit and see a little more of his love for us, then certainly more gratitude. And our love would grow towards him as well because he first loved us. So uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, this takes us back a, a long way in, in history. Gospel John, chapter 1, and verse 1, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same, let me go ahead and mention this. Uh, this word, we've talked about this before. This word doesn't mean Jesus Christ. We know it's talking about Jesus Christ, but this word, word, means message. In the beginning was the message. And, of course, that message has never changed. The message was about Jesus Christ and his atonement for our sins. So that's what the message was, and it never changed all the way through, all the, way through the Scriptures. The message never changed. So... Although it doesn't say Jesus Christ, that is the message. That's what the message is about. So we can say Jesus, Jesus Christ, remembering, but also the message. So, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Can we look at this as a little bit... Uh, of a benchmark, maybe. This is his high. I mean, you can't get... I, I, we couldn't understand much more than, than this as the high of what he is. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. I understand through, through this, as we look at Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as we look at God, Rhonda, to me, it becomes a little blurred as they're... As we look at them, it, it's, yes, they're the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, they're three, but yet they're one. So um, uh, it'll be a little bit 
mingled or, or blurred, if you, if you will, as we... It's hard to separate the love of Christ from the love of God as far as that goes. But we're studying the love of Christ that passeth knowledge. So here, we're going to try to measure this is a high, of course. We see. And, and uh, let me go to uh, Colossians chapter 1 and, and saying about the same thing. But look at, at the high, where he was. And then as we look at the low, there's something to measure by. Yeah, we can't fully understand it. It's above our comprehension. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. Well, we'll start in 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation? For by him, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible, invisible, where they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. So here... We'll look at this as, as we're going to try to measure that we might have a, 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 a better understanding of his love. This is, this is the high. This is who he was. This is where he was. All things. And when it says all things, that, that in, is inclusive of, of all things. Thrones. Dominions. Principalities. Powers. All things were created by him and for him. So that's a pretty high uh, benchmark. That's a pretty high measurement. So that's what I wanted to see as much as we can understand. And we can't fully comprehend it. But as much as we can understand it, there's, there's a high. There's where he was. And where he, when we see where he went to for you and for me, Gives us a little bit of measurement of his love. Can't fully comprehend it, but a little bit of measurement of his love. So go to Matthew chapter 26. So we've looked, we looked somewhat uh, at his, his high, what he, what he was. Matthew 26 and... Uh, And uh, let's read in, uh, start verse 66, Matthew 26 and 66. So, so now we're looking at, lo, how far he went, which tells us something of his love <clears throat> for you and I. 66, Matthew 26, 66. What think ye? They answered and said, he is guilty of death. Then they spit in his face and buffeted him. And others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who smote thee? So we saw, as much as we could comprehend, his highest, his high. 
created all things. All things were created uh, for him. And, and so we saw that, the honor and the glory, as much as we could comprehend. We, we took a quick look at that. To, to this. Spit in his face. We know also you can read that uh, they plucked his beard out. And I believe in that. I think, as we, I think I brought that out when we studied about the Nazarite. It wasn't just the pain that caused, which undoubtedly would be a lot. And I, yes, he, was, he had long hair and a beard. The razor didn't touch his head. But I believe them plucking his beard out was more than just pain. Just saying, no, you're not a Nazarite. You're not a man of God. You're not set aside for sacred purpose. That, I believe that was the reason for the plucking of the beard. Pain, no doubt, as well, was accompanied that. But here, the one we just read about created all things. All things were created by him and for him. He was in the beginning. He was a message from the beginning, the message of atonement. That one, down to this. And they spit in his face and buffeted him. And others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who smote thee? Continuing in the 27th chapter of Matthew and verse 29. Again, remember who this is. We read about his high. Look how far he's come down. And, and all this is a measurement. We can't measure precisely because we can't comprehend it. But all this is a measurement for his love for you. And, and I want to say you. I don't want to say for us and we because that... Uh, maybe paints a picture. He's not an individual God or not an individual Savior. Yes, you're an individual. So this shows his love for you, a measurement which we can partially comprehend his love for you. So Matthew 27 and, um, and 29. Again, remember where he was. Remember his high. And when they had platted a crown of thorns... They put up on his head. Certainly there's pain, there's bloodshed. But humility, as they were mocking him. They put upon his head, and they read in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, the mockery here. Again, remember his high, remember who he is. And now he stooped to the... He didn't have to do this. I've said before as we think of his pain, leaving heaven's glory is something that we don't even... Often we don't think of. But leaving heaven's glory coming down here. Again, didn't have to. So here, mocking him, put the crown of thorns... Verse 30 again, and they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. So these crown of thorns, then they took the reed that mocking had given him that a, 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 that a king would have. Uh, and, uh, and they beat the, the thorns in his head even more, mocking. Begin, remember his high, remember who he was. And he came down to this. For you, 
And that's how we try to measure love a little bit. After they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on and led him away to crucify him. And they came out and found a man, Cyrene, Simon, by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And maybe we'll just uh, stop there for now, but we see the low where they mocked him. We'll, we'll read about the crucifixion a little later, but we see the low that he came through, that they, they mocked him and, and got down on knees like they were worshiping a king just, just to mock him. But who this really was? Remember his high. He came all the way down to this. That's something that we can have a little bit of a measurement of his love for you. Uh, we uh, remember he was denied by Peter. And said all of them would deny him. Denied by Peter. The Sleeping disciples, he went to pray in the garden, come back, and they were sleeping each time. This, remember who it was. He came down to this, feeling forsaken of all. Peter, oh, they'll never take you over my dead body. He didn't say those words, but basically that's what he said. Over my dead body, they'll take you. And, of course, the Lord said, get thou behind me, Satan, because... The whole purpose of his coming was to be, be crucified on the cross. And Peter didn't understand at that time. But Satan entered in, and well, we won't teach a lesson on that right now. But on this Matthew 27, and then in verse uh, 46, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, that is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Talk about a low. We talked a little bit recently, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, about Lazarus and, and Martha and Mary, his sisters. And uh, Lazarus was sick. And uh, very sick. He was actually suffering. It wasn't that he fell and broke his neck and died instantly. He was sick. And Martha and, and Mary, they, so they sent word to Jesus, who was less than two miles away. Said, Lazarus is sick. And waited two more days. Didn't go. Do you, and, and we brought out there, do you think they felt forsaken to the Lord a little bit? Do you think that uh, Lazarus felt a little bit forsaken to the Lord? He kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Martha and Mary, knowing that he could come, knowing that he could heal, do you think for a while they felt forsaken? But here Jesus, the sleeping disciples, Peter, the other disciples, as they forsake him, and now, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? From the height that who he was all the way down to this. Didn't have to. 
Rhonda, he didn't have to leave heaven's glory. But all the way down to this, is that not a measurement of love that we can look at? Can't fully comprehend it. But is that not a measurement of his love for you that we could measure to understand a little more of the love that he had for you? Uh, so I think this tells us something about his love. The love of Christ that patheth, passeth understanding. So we, we looked at the high, we looked at the low. I'm going to look in, in John chapter 17, kind of looking back to the high once again. So here in, in John 17 is a, a prayer he was offering up to the Father, recorded for our learning and our admonition. But he says in verse 5, after, and this is a short time before he's going to be taken and crucified. John 17 and 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So we read a little, little about that from the beginning, before the world was. All things were created by him and for him. And now... That was gone. I mean, well, how do I want to say that? I shouldn't say gone. But currently, that wasn't, it wasn't that way. Yes, he was the one that created the heavens and the earth, but he was in this position where everybody was looking up to him as this creator, as this word, as this message from the beginning. They were mocking him. And now he's saying, Father, my prayer is, that you'd return this to me once again. But again, see, he didn't have to leave it, Helen. He didn't have to leave that. That's a measurement of love that we can look at to try to comprehend. He didn't have to leave that. Now he's praying that he would be restored to him once again. So, as I said, when we look at this, I'll probably miss, mix a little bit God's love, Christ's love. It's, it's hard for me to, to fully separate those. I'm not sure you can fully separate them. But to try to understand... As to the level that we can. It's above our comprehension, but to try to understand, grow a little more of his understanding of his love, here in this John 17, and I read this, I believe, last week. Again, it's talking about the love of God, but uh, this is above my comprehension, certainly. In verse 23. Uh, well, we'll read 22 with it. Uh, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know that thou hast sent me. And listen to this. And has loved them as thou hast loved me. That's above my knowledge. That's above my comprehension. He says, that thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. To love you, to love me in this manner is above 
my comprehension. It passeth my knowledge. But yet, it still shows us something. It still, uh, uh, to the best of the uh, uh, knowledge that he will give us at this day, it shows us more. Our knowledge should grow. We're not going to understand it completely. But as thou hast, uh, hast loved them, as thou hast loved me. Can't fully take that in. Uh, but this is love that passeth knowledge. I won't go. We read it so often. Hebrew 12 and 2. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And I've mentioned that before. Sometime in eternity past, the one the Father would give the Son, he set before him. And I don't picture it as uh, we watch at some of these great big sporting events, whether it be NASCAR or uh, basketball or football. You see all these people and everything like that. I don't believe we were set before him that way. May have been set before him that way, but he saw each one of you as joy. And it said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So we looked at the high, we looked at the low, and he considered you joy. That's why he did it. Isn't that a measurement of love that we can look at? Yes, it's, it, it uh, passeth our knowledge, but gives a little better understanding. So, as we, uh, uh, the love that passeth knowledge, you know, we look to the cross. We, we read some of the things leading up to the cross there, but we look to the cross, and, and Luke uh, chapter 22, and this is before the cross, but it describes what awaits him, I believe, as we look. 22 and 39. And he came out and went as he was accustomed to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said to them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed. And as we listen to his prayer, this, this tells us what's going to take place as he goes to the cross. The low that he's going to be. Saying, Father, if, it, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. So here, this one that we read about his high and where he was in glory in his position. Now, taking on human nature, which we talked about uh, several weeks ago, taking on human nature, this is, this is what's awaiting him, Father, this cup that has their sins in it. This cup that has the sins of all of your elect. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me that I won't have to pay for this on the cross. Now, that was the human side of him. But still, doesn't it tell us what awaits him? The cross and things leading up to the cross? Certainly it does. But then, 
Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I don't know. It's my opinion that there was more words spoken than what we have recorded here. More time transpired than just what it take, what, a minute to read these uh, words here or less. So then it goes on. 43, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Again, this one that made the heavens and the universe, dominions, principalities, without him, not anything made, it was made. Here he is, again, knowing what's coming on the cross and things leading up to the cross, an angel was sent to strengthen him. I think Mort sings a song. He could have called 10,000 angels. He didn't have to go to that cross, but he did. Again, this is a measurement of this love that passeth knowledge. And there appeared an angel to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This tells us of the suffering that he was going to go through as he went to the cross. I've mentioned many times that other people went to the cross, but nobody suffered, nobody paid the price that he paid. So this, as we look at this, angels sent to him. His sweat was as were great drops of blood, knowing what was coming. This tells us of a love that passeth understanding. That he did this for you. He did it for I. We, uh, you remember in the John there, we didn't go back that far. He told his, opened his prayer up to the Father. He said, Father, the hour's come. He's talking about that hour he's going to the cross. And this hour was the one that was predetermined from eternity past, from before the foundation of the world, that he would come, that he would be atonement for his people, that he would suffer these things, that he would go from the high where he was of creator of all things to the low, as he would go to the cross. And he said, Father, the hour is here. This was agreed upon the covenant a long time ago, but the hour, the hour is here. If we have time, I'd like to read a couple about the crucifixion. Let's go to Matthew 27. Matthew 27 and uh, we'll go to verse 33. But again, imagine his high and now to this low and that measurement tells us as much as we can as far as our comprehension. Uh, 27 and 33. And when they were come to the place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink and mingled with gall. And, uh, and when he had tasted it, he would not drink. And they crucified him. Now, there's four words. And they crucified him. And we read over that. And they crucified him. I don't know if it was an actual cross or if it was just a pole. Nailed his hands above him and down below. Uh, 
was it right in the hand or was it back here between the bone behind the wrist? You know, I don't know. But I know that blunt spike, when it hit, blood spattered. There was pain. Same over here. In his feet, was his feet over top of each other this way with a nail in it? Or were they on both sides and they kind of uh, behind the uh, ankle there through there? I don't know for sure which way it was. But there he was on the cross. And my understanding, of course, that pulling on your hands and your head, uh, above your head, you can't hardly breathe and the pain. And then you try to push up some with your feet. Then you got the pain down there. And again, other people are crucified, but nobody is paying the price that he paid. So we can read those words and they crucified him. But to think on that. And then uh, on that pole, on that cross, and I imagine this, uh, I've built a lot of uh, pole buildings and, and we'll have a, a hole for this post to go in. And you get back and you raise that post up and, and when it gets up there, then it drops down in there. I have no doubt it was that way with him. And then this time he was on the cross. We talked recently about when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Another picture of a love that passeth knowledge. So here, uh, Matthew 27 and, and uh, 33, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, and 34, and they, well, actually verse 35 and they crucified him. So when we read those words, let's, let's give that thought. Let's ponder on that, what took place there. Casting lots, or, and crucified him and, and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture uh, they did cast lots. And sitting down, they washed him there, and set up over his head the accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Of course, this was putting up there not to glorify him, but to say, Hey, this is your king. What a king you have. For time's sake, I'd like to read. It's in all four Gospels. Uh, let's just go to Luke real quick. If you have time this week, read it in all four Gospels. And they crucified him and, and the things surrounding that. And again, helps us grow a little bit in this uh, love that passeth knowledge. Uh, let's say Luke 23 and 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said uh, Jesus, Father, here's another one, love that passeth knowledge. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. Yeah, you saying you're the son of God, chosen of God, Christ and everything. Well, let's see. You don't look like it. They're on the cross. 
And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. And saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And superscription also written uh, over him in letters Greek and Latin and Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. All mockery of this one. Remember his high, you remember who this is. And now it's come down to this for you. Uh, 39, uh, and one of the malefactors who were hanged uh, uh, railed at him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering uh, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same uh, condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And that's something else. He had no sin of his own. He had yours. He had mine. And he was paying for it. But none of his own. 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour. And there was darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened. And the veil of the temple was torn in the midst. Much teaching there. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend thy spirit. And having said this, he gave up the spirit. I was going to read in John as well. We won't have time to do that. But in John, he says, it is finished. The covenant, the plan of salvation before the foundation of the world, he said, it's finished. Most of the time, the scriptures speaks of Christ. It really goes back to the crucifixion. Many times it may say, uh, again, we're out of time, but uh, chosen in Christ. We read in, in John, the, the sixth chapter, all the Father had given him and so forth. He'll, he'll not lose any of raising up the last day. But all that speaking and depend upon him doing what he did on the cross. So we read about in Christ and chosen in Christ. And uh, uh, John 10, my sheep hear my voice. I know him. I give unto them eternal life. Or I know him and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life. That goes back to his crucifixion. So anytime it's talking about Christ, it goes back to that crucifixion, that low, which proves his love to us that we can't fully comprehend. We could read in Ephesians, you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. It all depends upon the cross. The work that he said, I finished. So all this is talking about a love that passeth knowledge I won't go there but in Psalms 139 it says such knowledge is too wonderful for me I cannot attain unto it so as we as we think on the Lord think of as high who he was and how low he went for you and I as a measurement that we might understand maybe a little more of Christ, the love of Christ that passeth knowledge. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word.